Hello and welcome to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. Researched and written in Indianapolis by Dr. Adrian Peterson and produced in the studios of WRMI Shortwave in Okeechobee, Florida. I'm Jeff White. This is edition NWS 655 for release on Sunday, September 12th, 2021. On WaveScan today, the 20th anniversary of 9-11, our ancient DX report for 1925, and our Philippine DX report. I'm sure that all of you who are old enough to remember 20 years ago yesterday will remember exactly where you were when you heard or saw the news about the 9-11 attacks on the World Trade Center in New York, the Pentagon in Washington, and the plane that crashed in Pennsylvania en route to Washington. Radio and TV were the primary electronic media covering this event and the days and weeks afterwards. And shortwave radio was certainly an important part of the media mix. Avid shortwave listener Dave Zanto in Janesville, Wisconsin, was monitoring the HF bands at the time, and he shared with us some dramatic recordings he made in the immediate aftermath of the attacks. Here's a recording he made of Cole Israel, broadcasting at 0400 UTC on September 12, 2001, on 15640 kHz, with his Japan radio company NRD545 receiver. Israel, the voice of Israel, broadcasting from Jerusalem. Good morning. It's 7 a.m. in Israel, 4 hours UTC, on Wednesday, the 12th of September. I'm Jeanette Amid with the news. Thousands of people have been killed in the most devastating terrorist onslaught against the United States. In multiple attacks, hijackers crashed two airliners into the World Trade Center, toppling its twin towers. Shortly after, another plane slammed into the Pentagon, and a fourth crashed outside Pittsburgh. No one has claimed responsibility yet, but U.S. officials suspect that Osama bin Laden orchestrated yesterday's attacks. Israel has declared today a day of mourning for the victims of the terrorist attacks in the United States. The decision was announced by Prime Minister Sharon, who reacted to the attacks at a midnight news conference in his Jerusalem office. On behalf of the people of Israel, I wish to send our deepest condolences and heartfelt sympathy to the American people, President Bush, and the entire United States government following the terror attacks against the United States and against our common values. The fight against terror is an international struggle of the free world against the forces of darkness who seek to destroy our liberty and our way of life. I believe that together we can defeat these forces of evil. All Israelis stand as one with the American people. Our hearts are with you and we are ready to provide any assistance 
at any time. Prime Minister Ariel Sharon. That's this morning's news. I'm Jeanette Amid, together with news editor Steve Lindy, wishing you good morning and shalom from Jerusalem. That was Call Israel at 0400 UTC on September 12, 2001. And here's another recording made by Dave Zanto with the same receiver at midnight UTC on September 12, 2001 of the BBC World Service on 5975 kilohertz. Some news has just come in. Union officials in New York City say several hundred firemen and policemen taking part in the rescue operation at the World Trade Center are missing, and many of them presumed killed when the World Trade Center Twin Towers, that famous landmark, collapsed alongside a building just next door. You're listening to a special news program from the BBC. There's been an extraordinary series of violent attacks on the symbols of United States power in both Washington and New York. Two passenger airliners were hijacked and deliberately crashed into the twin towers of the World Trade Center in New York. Both buildings collapsed. A third plane was then flown into the Pentagon Defense Headquarters in Washington. There's clearly been enormous loss of life and many people have been injured. We've changed our scheduled programs to bring you uninterrupted coverage of events in the United States. We have reports from the BBC network of correspondents around the world with regular news on the latest situation in New York and Washington. The World Service. Welcome to a special edition of World Briefing with Doug Jimison. The news at midnight GMT. It's been a day of terror in the United States after a devastating series of attacks targeting the country's financial and political centers. Two hijacked planes crashed into the World Trade Center in New York, toppling both towers where thousands of people had just arrived for work. We heard a big bang, and then we saw smoke coming out, and we saw the plane on the other side of the building, and there was smoke everywhere, and people were jumping out the windows. In Washington, the Defense Department in the Pentagon was also hit. No one has claimed responsibility for the attacks. It's not yet clear how many people have been killed in what's been described as the worst act of terrorism in history. We'll bring you all the latest news and analysis from the United States and around the world. Dramatic recordings indeed that bring back a lot of sad memories for many of us. But shortwave radio helped people all around the world keep in touch with what was happening in those dark moments. There have been many special programs on radio and television in recent days commemorating the 20th anniversary of 9-11. One of these is a special program by what is one of the longest continuous broadcasts on the air since 1929. It's called Music and the Spoken Word, and it's a radio and television program produced by Bonneville International, which is the media arm of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the Mormon Church in Salt Lake City, Utah, in the United States. The program features music by the Tabernacle Choir of Temple Square, and it originates from KSL Radio and TV in Salt Lake City, which is owned by Bonneville International. Music in the Spoken Word airs each Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Mountain Time, and it's broadcast by radio and TV stations throughout the United States and other countries as well. Today's edition, the September 12th edition, is a program called 9-11 Coming Together, and it was first broadcast yesterday, 
September 11th at 8.46 a.m., which is the time that the first airplane crashed into the North Tower of the World Trade Center on September 11th, 2001. The program was narrated by journalist Jane Clayson Johnson, who was the CBS Network co-anchor on the air when the 9-11 incident occurred. Johnson has also worked at the NBC and ABC networks and at National Public Radio. Here's the beginning of that program. I'm Jane Clayson Johnson, and I'm here in Essex County, New Jersey, at the Eagle Rock September 11th Memorial, overlooking Manhattan Island. That morning, 20 years ago, I was in the city, co-anchoring a national network news program. As live reports of the attack went out, the world turned its eyes to the Twin Towers. Never before had so many, in so many nations, witnessed a tragedy like this one in real time. Families, neighbors, students, and co-workers watched the coverage side by side. And here, on this hill, thousands gathered to grieve and comfort one another in person. Later, we learned that citizens from more than 50 countries lost their lives that day, which explains the over 1,200 permanent memorials that have been dedicated to their memory, many of them outside of the United States. Truly, the wounds of 9-11 were felt by the entire human family. And as we suffered together, seeds of compassion, mutual understanding, and tolerance began to grow among us. Join the Tabernacle Choir and Orchestra at Temple Square as we look back, remember, and commemorate 9-11, a world coming together. was in Argentina and we were walking down the street and I just remember TVs just it just showed over and over these towers falling. I remember I went back to the office. I had heard the news on the radio. I found my colleagues watching the events and joined them. We were 7,000 kilometers away from New York in a smaller town in Hungary but a few minutes after the first attack we already heard what happened. I believe just at the moment when everyone found out what happened the whole world came together to mourn together and to think about what really happened there. No matter where in the world you were, everyone shared the pain of the victims and the bereaved. Even though the tragedy took place before our eyes, it was impossible to comprehend the scope of loss and the degree of suffering. Despite immeasurable sorrow, the experience of that September morning deepened our gratitude for the simple blessings of life. Through heartache and tears, people across the world found themselves counting their blessings and cherishing the gift of another day. Nine Eleven coming together special edition of the radio and television program Music and the Spoken Word from Bonneville International in Salt Lake City. We might mention that Bonneville International was the owner of shortwave station WNYW, Radio New York Worldwide, 
from 1961 to 1974. That station was later sold to Family Radio, which moved it to Okeechobee, Florida. And today that shortwave station is WRMI, Radio Miami International, where this edition of Wayscan was produced. You're listening to Wayscan from Adventist World Radio. Jost Jacob in India sends us a copy of the September edition of the Indian DX Club's excellent Asian DX Review. In it is an item about a new shortwave station in Southeast Asia. It says that the AFP News Agency reported on August 20th that the Myanmar National Unity Government, that is in opposition to the current military government in that country, had launched a daily radio broadcast called Radio NUG. It's a 30-minute program broadcast twice, or perhaps three times per day, from shortwave transmitters outside the country. The schedule has been changing frequently, but the Asian DX review lists these times. A 1.30 UTC on 17.710 kHz, probably from Taiwan. Also, a 1.30 UTC on the same frequency, 17.710 kHz, probably from Tenang in the Philippines. 1330 UTC on 17710 kHz from M-Globe in Madagascar. And 1430 UTC on 11840 kHz. The station's Facebook page mentions a broadcast at 1430 UTC on 12,000 kHz. Each broadcast begins with a short announcement in English. This is Radio NUG, the voice of the National Unity Government of Myanmar. Broadcasting for the Spring Revolution. Radio NUG is transmitting from shortwave 16 meter, 17.710 megahertz daily at 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. Myanmar Standard Time. The opening of a broadcast from Radio NUG transmitted to Myanmar on 17.710 kilohertz and perhaps also on 11840 and 12,000 kilohertz. There's also a report in Wolfgang Buschel's Worldwide DX Club Top News that the station has been heard at 1230 UTC on 17710 and 1330 UTC on 15300 kilohertz. And now our ancient DX report for 1925. The one-year-old radio magazine Listener In based in Melbourne, Australia, stated in 1925 that the international era of radio broadcasting is approaching. International broadcasting is likely in the near future between England and America, this magazine continued. As it so happened, shortwave tests between England and the United States were already underway for the transfer of live radio programming across the Atlantic Ocean. Here's the story now from Ray Robinson. Thanks, Jeff. At midnight in London on March 12, 1925, the sound of Big Ben with its 12 bongs was broadcast over the BBC station 2LO at Marconi House in London with 1.5 kilowatts on 825 kHz. This signal was then transferred by telephone wire to the longwave transmitter 5XX at Chelmsford on 187.5 kHz, 1600 metres. 
The RCA receiving station located at Belfast in Maine picked up the longwave signal from across the Atlantic on their 10-mile-long beverage antenna and then retransmitted it on shortwave 1XAO on either 40, 60, 90 or 120 metres to the RCA receiving station at Riverhead on Long Island, New York. From thence, the sound of Big Ben was sent by wire to medium wave station WJZ in New York with 1 kilowatt on 660 kilohertz for yet further retransmission across the United States. Now here are some other radio items of note from that same year, 1925. In February 1925, the American journal Radio News reported that a total of 1,180 radio broadcasting stations had taken to the air in the United States since September 1921. Of that total, they said 630 stations had already left the air due to financial problems and or lack of interest, and only 550 had survived. In published lists of radio broadcasting stations in the United States, station KDKA was always listed first, alphabetically. Their identification slogan in 1925 was the Pioneer Broadcasting Station of the World. In a QSL letter directed to Australia, KDKA program director Mr G. Dare Fleck stated that shortwave development and experiments were already underway. In mid-1925, work on the huge rugby radio station in England was nearing completion. Preliminary test transmissions with Australia had been successfully achieved, and they were also transmitting regular news bulletins in Morse code. This massive station contained 12 steel towers, 850 feet tall, 100 miles of buried copper wire as an earth mat, and two active transmitters with power outputs of 200 kilowatts and 1,000 kilowatts. The 25-kilowatt experimental longwave transmitter 5XX was removed from the Marconi facility at Chelmsford and reinstalled at Daventry, where it was reactivated on July 27, 1925, for programme coverage of much of the British Isles. The French Navy conducted a successful series of test transmissions using a jet of water as the antenna system. In Melbourne, Australia, radiotrician Sidney Newman with AWA was already operating radio transmitters with six different call signs, ranging alphabetically from 3MA to 3MF. The AWA coastal stations VIS in Sydney, VIP in Perth and VID in Darwin were on the air with daily bulletins of news in Morse code. In Perth, Western Australia, Wally Coxon was on the air on shortwave at night via his own amateur station with a programme relay from the commercial medium wave station 6WF. And then on November 11th, 1925, the Great White Exhibition Train departed Sydney for a lengthy tour of the state of New South Wales. This advertising train carried a 500-watt radio broadcasting station under the callsign 2XT on 550 metres, 545 kHz. For the first time, American radio programming was on the air locally in Canada during the year 1925 due to a relay arrangement between CNR, Canadian National Railways, and AT&T in the United States. Network programming from the New York station WEAF with 2 kilowatts on 610 kHz was relayed by CNRO in Ottawa 
with 500 watts on 690 kHz for distribution to the CNR network. The first radio broadcasting station in Japan, JOAK, was inaugurated on Otago Hill, Tokyo on March 1st, 1925, with 1 kilowatt on 375 meters, 800 kilohertz. Regular programming began three weeks later on March 22nd, with a mix of European and Japanese classical music. The Macmillan Arctic Expedition aboard two ships, the Baudouin and Peary, at Etar in northern Greenland, made shortwave contact with amateur station 2YI in Sydney, Australia, on August the 18th. The next day, official messages were exchanged between Commander Donald Macmillan in the Arctic and the Governor-General of Australia, Lord Sir Henry Forster, at Admiralty House in Sydney. A gramophone record played on ship radio anchored off northern Greenland was heard clearly in Australia. Back to you, Jeff. Thank you, Ray Robinson at KVOH in Los Angeles. Now let's go to the Philippines for Henry Abbott High's September DX Report. Hello everyone, Taladier Shortwave listeners, wherever you're welcome to the September 12th edition of the Philippine DX. This is report number 174. I'm Henry Abbott in Bacolod City, Negros Occidental Central Philippines. Glad to be back and thank you for listening. I would like to thank our DXer friends for sending the reception report most recently. Mr. Konstantin Barsankov in St. Petersburg, Russia. Mr. Jan Zachary Alvarez in Cavite here in the Philippines and Mr. Richard Lemke in Alberta, Canada. To all of you, thank you very much. Reception lags for August 2021. August 3, NHK Radio Japan on 15280 in Japanese, from Yamata at 0815 SIO 454. August 3, New Life Station, KNLS on 9695 in English, from Anchor Point, Alaska at 0839 SIO 333. August 8, World Harvest Radio, T8WH Angel 5 on 9965 in English, from Palau at 0811 SIO 333. August 11, Voice of Korea. Uh, 13650 in Korean from Kuchang at 11.40 SIO444 August 11 Voice of Vietnam on 12.020 in Vietnamese from Suntai at 11.42 SIO444 August 22 Voice of Korea on 11.735 in English from Kuchang at 10.15 SIO555 August 22 Radio Taiwan International on 12 one zero zero in addition from Tainan at eleven fifty two SAO three 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 August twenty two China Radio International on seven four one zero in Filipino from Genoa Sijiang Province at eleven fifty five SAO five 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 August twenty nine Radio Thailand World Service on nine three nine zero in English from Modern Tani at fourteen oh five SAO four 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 August twenty nine Transworld Radio KTWR on 11.965 in English from Agania, Guam at 11.12 SIO444 August 29, China Radio International on 11.955 in Filipino from Kunming at 11.50 SIO555 and August 30, KBS World Radio on 9.570 in Korean from Jimjay at 0.910 SIO333 Send us your comments, suggestions, reception logs, and informations to pilipinasdx at yahoo.com. That's P-I-L-I-P-I-N-S-D-X for pilipinasdx at 
www.ngcdiocese.com. This has been Henry Umaday for Wavescan in Bacolod City. Nagras Occidental Central Philippines sa mabuhay at maraming salamat po. Thank you, Henry. And we end this edition of Wavescan with the close of the Music and the Spoken Word 9-11 special with the words of Jane Clayson Johnson and the music of an African-American spiritual, He's Got the Whole World in His Hands, performed by the Tabernacle Choir in Temple Square, Salt Lake City. Looking back, the tragic attacks of 9-11 showed us something about ourselves, what we're actually capable of doing to help one another. For example, when commercial airliners were diverted to Canada, local families opened their homes to stranded passengers. Across the world, a more gentle, humane spirit was evident in the public square, in schools, communities, and workplaces. Many remarked that people were just a little kinder, more tolerant and patient. Remembering and reviving that aspect of September 11th is how we pay tribute to all who have suffered its effects. As one American leader said, even the smallest act of service, the simplest act of kindness, is a way to honor those we have lost, a way to reclaim that spirit of unity that followed 9-11. Thanks for listening to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. Researched and written in Indianapolis by Adrian Peterson. Next week, the early wireless scene on three islands off the coast of Wales. We'll bring you more of the HFCC B-21 shortwave coordination conference and our Bangladesh DX report. Several QSL cards are available for this program. Send your AWR and KSDA reports for WaveScan to the AWR address in Bangkok, Thailand and also to the station your radio is tuned to, WRMI or WWCR or KVOH or Voice of Hope Africa, or to IRRS Italy or to the AWR relay stations that carry WaveScan. Remember, too, you can send a reception report to the DX reporters when their segment is on the air here in the program. They will also verify with their own colorful QSL card. Return postage and an address label are always appreciated. The email address for AWR QSLs is qsl at awr.org. The postal address for AWR QSL cards is Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 234, Prakanong, that's P-R-A-K-A-N-O-N-G, Bangkok 10110, Thailand. Again, Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 234, Prakanong, Bangkok, 10110, Thailand. And the email address for other correspondence to Wavescan, not reception reports, is wavescan at awr.org. I'm Jeff White at WRMI, shortwave in Okeechobee, Florida, in the United States. Till next week. Good listening, everyone.